In January 2020, God gave a word to Pam Paget, our church group. Pam heard podcast. She heard that as she was awakening in the morning, she reached over, got her Kindle, and immediately looked up the word podcast. She told me about what she had heard. I had been praying about going on radio. When I heard about podcasts, I really thought this is a much better way to go. So we bought proper equipment to begin making recordings, and I began making recordings of the various topics that God has shown me through the past 40 years as I have served him in the offices of apostle and prophet. Apostle deals with doctrines of church doctrines and Bible and tries to set the doctrine straight. A prophet frequently has messages of correction, messages that will help you to get in a straight direction as you live on this earth or help you to stay out of problems on this earth. That's the primary role of a prophet. One of the first things God taught me when I was born again in 1975 is get out of debt and stay out of debt. He got me out of debt pretty much by miraculous means. I suspect some of you today are in debt. Debt is a way of the world. In order to have all these things, people often go into debt. In my case, in 1975, I owned a business, a small business, American Indian Arts in Dallas. I would go out to the reservations and buy merchandise, bring it back to my shop and sell it. I was born again during those years. As I began to consider getting out of debt, I saw a scripture in Romans chapter 8. Excuse me, it's Romans chapter 13. I believe it's verse 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. Owe no man anything is the part I focused on. I really believed this is what I should do. So I began working toward that. At the time I heard this, I owed about $6,000, which I had borrowed for merchandise. A woman had seen my inventory and wanted to buy into my business. I let her put the $6,000 in my business. I used that money to buy more merchandise. But now I'm a Christian. I have no indication at all that this woman is a Christian. And I was strongly led on that scripture in 2 Corinthians, which says, Be not unequally yoked to unbelievers. 
it'd be kind of silly to have one size tire on the left side of your car and another size tire on the right side of your car. If you do that, your car is not going to drive down the highway as it is intended to do. This is sort of like our path to life. If we yoke ourselves with unbelievers, we're just not going to be going in the fullness of God if we do that. After we become a Christian, then we have to consider these things. So I began praying, and that is step one for each one of us. What do you want me to do? How do I get out of debt? How can I do this? This is what I ask God. There's a promise in the Bible, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. It shall be given him. So if we don't know how we can do something, we lack wisdom. So let's ask God, how can I do this? Whatever your goal is, how can I do this? That's the question. We started these podcasts in February 2020. One of the messages I recorded was get out of debt and stay out of debt. There were very few people who heard that message. Most people just weren't interested in that message. It may be since we've had coronavirus, some of you might be more interested in this message. For debt can be a terrible yoke to us, and it can cause us to go in the wrong way in order to service the debt. So as Christians, it's a very dangerous way to live. It's a way of the world and if something hits the world and you are a part of the world you can go down with the world so this is unwise to live this way so how do I get out of debt the first thing God showed me is we needed to restructure my thinking if I can't pay for something if I can't pay cash for it, don't do it. And God showed me, just if you don't need something, don't buy it. Just because it's there and you can charge it. This is not a good plan. If you don't need it, why are you buying it? If you don't really need it. It's sort of like that, why do they climb Mount Everest? Because it's there. Well, this is the way some people live. I got enough credit on my credit card, I can charge it. One time, just a few years ago, a woman, I was talking to a woman, and somehow the subject of getting more credit on her credit card came up, and I said, oh, I've got plenty of credit on my credit card and she said 
oh, she said, you could just go out and buy this and this and this. And I said, oh, no, no, I don't live that way. I charge things on my credit card, but only the amount of things I need, and I pay it off every time the bill comes in. I pay it in full. I don't owe anyone anything. For years, I had a MasterCard, and at one point, MasterCard contacted me and said, in order to keep your MasterCard, we are requiring that you put all of your debt on MasterCard. Well, I didn't have any debt, so I just canceled MasterCard and took out Visa. Now I have a Visa card, which I've had for 20 years or so. I don't live in debt. It is not a good plan to live in debt. It is not God's plan for us to yoke ourselves to money. For if you yoke yourself to money, you're going to have to follow money. And the love of money is the root of all evil. So if we try to get more money, there's a very good chance you're not going to go in the way of God. I know there are all these things that you could get out there. There are so many things to buy. But when you get right down to it, you're not going to need a bunch of those things. In this coronavirus period that we have just gone through, what have we seen when you're shut up in your house? Haven't we seen that we need less? There's a passage of scripture where God says, having food and raiment, let us be there with content. That's in 1 Timothy chapter 6. There aren't great many scriptures which show us to go another way. Colossians chapter 3, Set not your affections on things of this world, but set your affections on things above. Now that's not going to cost you anything. These scriptures, if you will follow these scriptures diligently day by day and think upon them, it will stop a lot of the foolishness that we as humans do in getting in debt and purchasing all these things that we don't need. I believe God has a way to get us out of debt if we really want to get out of debt. If we really don't want to be yoked to the way of this world, if we want to go another way, and we really want to do this, I believe God will give us a plan which will lead us that way. I mentioned I had a miraculous thing happen in my life which got me out of debt, and I did. I had spent several weeks focusing on this Oh No Man Anything scripture in Romans 13. I had built it up inside me as a goal. I prayed often about it. God led me to just cut back in my personal purchases. I was very disciplined. I became very disciplined. If coffee cost 
$2 someplace and I could make it at home, I made it at home and use, and drank it there. Or I took it with me in a thermos or an insulated cup. I cut back in little things. When you deal with little things, it causes you to approach larger things. So I had about $6,000 debt, and I wasn't thinking about the debt. I was just praying to get out of debt. I went on a buying trip to New Mexico. We sold primarily jewelry. So I took all of the cash that I had and took it with me to buy jewelry. But I was in a business, and I saw something rolled up at the side of the wall and I wanted to see it. It was an old rug, a Navajo rug, bright red. And I was fascinated with it. We did not sell rugs at my business. We didn't have any rugs. We'd never had a rug at my business. We made our money on jewelry. But I just couldn't resist that rug. I had such a strong interest. Before I went on buying trips, I always prayed for God to show me what to buy. And my interest was so strong, I found I couldn't walk away from it. It cost $500. So I bought it. I took it down to Albuquerque. I bought it in Santa Fe. Took it down to Albuquerque. Found a rug appraiser. Turned out she was one of the best rug appraisers living at that time. She appraised it, and she said, Joan, most of these rugs are not worth anything, but you've lucked out on this one. This is a good rug. So when you get back to Dallas, you're going to want to price this in a way where it will not sell, for it will go up in value. I got back to Dallas, and the very first day that I arrived home, a man came to look at jewelry. I had this rug rolled up and lying off to the side of the room, and he said, what is that? And I said, oh, that's just an old rug that I brought back. He said, well, let me see it. And I said, oh, I don't think you'd want that. I rolled it out, and he looked at it, and he said, how much is it? I said, $5,000. He said, I'll take it. I, I ran an honest business. I protected my customers. I did not allow them to pay more than the item was worth. So I tried to talk him out of buying it. But I couldn't reason with him. He said, no, I want it. He was writing out, writing out a check for it. So I said to him, well, what I'll do is this. I will keep your check for one week without cashing it. So in that week's time, if you decide you do not want this rug, all you have to do is bring it back to me and I will give you your check back. I never saw the man again. So I cashed the check and paid off my debt and was debt-free and lived from that time on without debt. I didn't even get a mortgage for a house. I never expected to have a house. I lived in an apartment at that time, and I could pay for my monthly rent. I know it seems wiser to take out a mortgage and buy a house, but... By that time, I was in the ministry, and I did not want to be in a position where I had to put any pressure whatsoever on the church for money.
So I just lived in the apartment for about 20 years. Then the time came when I decided to move to Clovis, New Mexico, USA, where my mother was living. My dad had died, and I felt like I should move there and be there to help. I looked at a trailer house because I could pay cash for a trailer house, but I really didn't feel comfortable about that at all. What I did find is that I had enough money to buy, to build one apartment, 1,500 square feet, on a lot where my mother had her trailer house parked. We owned the lot. So I had enough cash to build that apartment. It turned out I built two apartments and put my mother's trailer house between them and my secretary lived in the back apartment for a while and then we used it uh, we used this property as office with my mother living between the two apartments my secretary moved back to Dallas and so the back apartment was free and I got my mother to move into it and sold her trailer house I wasn't happy living in that neighborhood. So I found a lot on a golf course in Clovis, and the lot was priced $13,800. I had enough money saved I could buy the lot, which I bought. I reasoned that if I can't afford to build on the lot, I can put the lot up for sale and probably get my money back. So I didn't feel any risk at all involved in buying the lot, still staying out of debt. I kept the lot for about five years and I was still very unhappy living in the neighborhood in which I was living. So I decided to put the, the apartments up for sale. One apartment sold immediately and it was about oh, $50,000 in money. The other apartment uh, didn't sell, but a builder told me he could build me a house for $100,000 on the golf course. I had 50000 in cash from the apartment, and I had forgotten about something. I had 50000 more with my uh, money my dad had left when he died. So with that, I was able to take all the money and build a house there on that lot that I had purchased, keeping the other apartment for, for sale. It didn't sell, so I rented it. I rented it for about, oh, I think it was about 400 a month. It wasn't terribly much. I never used any of that money. It just accumulated over a period of 10 years. So when I, my mother died and I wanted to leave Clovis, I put the house up for sale that had been 100000 that I built on the golf course. It sold for 227000 I also put the 
apartment up for sale and sold it for 40000 and it had accumulated 40000 So I took all of that money and put it into the house that I decided to build in Lubbock, Texas, where I would live. But I never went in debt for anything. Never took a mortgage out. Never went in debt. I'm not telling you that you have to live that way. I'm just telling you what happened with me. If you just take these one step at a time, and if you basically keep that heart clean, there may be another way to go on this money situation. By the time I became 80, I decided that I didn't want to live alone anymore. I just wasn't going to be able to do that. I was living alone in Texas. And I had an accident at that period of time, fell, and broke a hip, broke a wrist, and was in a rehab center for two months, two and a half months. And during that time, I heard a word from God. Well, actually, I heard the word of God the day I fell. And that is, you'll never see this house again. As they were taking me to the hospital, and we rolled past the front door on the gurney, the ambulance workers were rolling me past the front door. I heard, you'll never see this house again. So I put that house up for sale. But I knew that I wasn't going to be able to live alone, and God worked it out for me to move into the home of Pam Paget in our little church group. Pam had demonstrated to me that she follows God. She prays over things. She hears from the Spirit of God. She made her decisions based on the Spirit of God. I had several opportunities to observe the way she lived, so I knew it would work. Pam, at the same time, believed this would work. I've been at this location a year now at Pam's house, and it, it's been great. I live in one room, and Pam uh, lives upstairs, and just works wonderfully because we both, it's not that we pray together at the same time, but if there is a question about something, each of us are praying about it, and God speaks to us, and it's just been the most wonderful thing that I've ever encountered because God will change one of us to fit the program where we match, having the same spirit in us, the spirit of God. So it's been great. So I started out in this get out of debt, stay out of debt plan in 1975 when I was born again. And have been following it for all these years. I am 82 now. And I have everything that I need in one room. I have one little problem with uh, my sound processor, which runs my television and my sound speakers. And we are selling off some old sound equipment and have accumulated enough money that we can replace that sound processor. But I don't like to buy things unless I have the cash to pay for the item. That's just the way I've lived so long. Some of you have gone in debt probably 
for a house which you really can't afford to live in. You have, you have two people probably working to pay the mortgage, husband and wife. That's not at all unusual. But that's a way of the world. Now that you are a Christian, you may want to reevaluate the way you're going. I recommend that you first pray and then follow scripture. Follow any scripture that's brought to your mind. Do what it says in that scripture. There are a great many scriptures that it could fit this subject, but depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on God after you pray to bring to your mind the scripture that you should follow. That's the safe way to go. Certainly, you could hunt a scripture which would fit the subject, but that might be your own flesh doing that. It's much safer to depend on God, just to pray. And then, if something is brought to your mind, focus on it. Or if you're reading the Bible and a verse of Scripture just kind of jumps out at you, electrifies you, that you don't, that you try to read past it and you just kind of go back to it, you can't hardly stand to read past it, go back to it and look at it. That is a special message to you from God by His Spirit. Go back to that scripture, look up definitions in your dictionary, think about how you can apply that scripture to your life. One step at a time. One time God said to me, one step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough. This is being led by the Spirit of God. As I said, you can hunt a scripture, you can go and find a scripture, but that may be you leading yourself. That's dangerous. The safe way is to turn to God in prayer and let him show you the way to go. That's being led by the Spirit. He might give you a scripture. He might give you a dream. He might just bring to your mind a concept. Now, I have a really good example of someone who had an idea, and he went to his mother and father to ask them about this idea. His father was a very good businessman. So he went to ask them about it. They did not like the idea at all. Later, his mother told me this story. She said, we made such a mistake in telling him we did not like this. At that time, what the, the idea he had was setting up little cubicles where people could rent it and store things. There was no such thing at the time as self-storage. And he had this idea. He could have been incredibly wealthy had he done it. But he didn't do the idea because his, he went to humans to ask them. See, it's not safe to ask humans. It may seem safe. It is not safe. God knows the future. 
Humans don't know the future. Who would have predicted this coronavirus? Only God would know something like that was going to hit the earth. You might be trying to do something just at the wrong moment. Or the idea might be from God. No human can settle this for you. The only thing you can do is take it to God in prayer. Let him establish your thoughts. Don't rush into it necessarily. Just let him make it clear to you if it's his idea. But getting out of debt, I don't have any doubt that that frees us from the yoke of man and the yoke of money. And the love of money is the root of all evil. Let's return to that scripture, which is 1 Timothy chapter 6. Start at verse 5 because it says in this scripture, If you're around anyone who thinks gain is a sign of godliness, from such withdraw yourself. They could lead you the wrong way. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich, if you're seeking after money, you can fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and lustful hurts, which drowned men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. If you are in debt, you are going to love money and you are going to follow after money and it can lead you the wrong way. I think it's impossible not to love money if you're in debt because you're thinking about it all the time. How can I, how can I do this? How can I do this? Or if you're trying to get things. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Righteousness is what is right in God's sight. Only God can show you that. Fight the good fight of faith. The good fight of faith is holding on to that which God has brought to your mind by his spirit. Because when God brings you a word, it's not unusual that people in your own household will fight that word and try to get you not to do it. That's not at all unusual. Jesus said it would happen. Your foes will be they of your own household. You've got to decide if that word is from God. And if you do decide it's from God, you've got to cling to it with all your heart and with all your might and go forward in that word in so much as you are able to do it. That's the good fight of faith. Faith is hearing from God 
and following what he has said. Faith is not something like just saying, oh, I have faith in God. He'll take care of me. No matter how much debt I have, he'll take care of me. That is not faith. That is not faith. Faith, Abraham heard from God, and then he did what God said. Noah heard from God, and then he did what God said. In every instance, faith is holding on to the word given you by the Spirit of God at this point in time in your life, at the exact precise moment. I heard, you'll never see this house again. I had faith that I was not going to be living in this house again. That was by the will of God, I would not be living in that house again. So I put that house up for sale. I had faith based on the word that I believed to be from God. That word can be a scripture. That word can be a dream. That word can be a concept. If it is from God, it doesn't matter what the form is. The word itself is the word of God. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 6, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew uh, 6.33 Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Following God one scripture at a time, what does God want me to do? That's seeking the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. That's another scripture that I have seen fulfilled over and over in my life. Pay attention to what God wants you to do. Follow that and somehow all these things just appear down the road. A miracle. A miracle of God. So think about these things. All the scriptures that I have spoken to you will be on our blog. You can see them in writing and think more about them. Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side of the page, it says Podcast. Click on that, and you can bring up today's recording, which is... If we live in debt as the world does, how can we not be affected by the things that come upon this world? That's the approximate title. But you will find it. You can hear the recording again if you want to, and you will have all the scriptures written out. Once again, our blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.